0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Anyone else having a hard time believing that it's already September? Happy Labor Day weekend. Uh, Traditionally, this was kind of the weekend that marked the transition from summer into the fall season. I remember when, when I was younger, it was, I think, it broke a commandment in the Bible for school to start before Labor Day weekend, somehow we, uh, anyone wish we'd go back to that? I, so uh, my name is Adam Peacock. Um, I am really grateful to be here. I'm, uh, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, um, hopefully we'll get a chance to do that today. And for the many here who I already know, it is, just does my heart good to see you again and to be here in this place. I grew up here in Sonoma County. Um, you can kind of see the basic area where, uh, where I spent my early days uh, up on Bennett Ridge across from Sonoma Mountain. I love being outside, actually, this morning. It's a gorgeous morning, although I, I, I do wonder why I have to stand in the sun while you guys get to sit in the shade. I was warned about that, so just having fun. I have four kids. Um, our oldest is uh, a sophomore at Santa Rosa Junior College and has not had a single class on campus yet. We'll talk a little bit about some of the craziness of, of where we're at. I have uh, a son and a daughter at Santa Rosa High School, and then uh, another daughter. Our, our baby just turned 12 uh, last weekend, and uh, she's in middle school. So um, we're kind of busy in, in that uh, teenage phase of life in our home. My wife just started a new job as well, so we appreciate uh, your prayers. I also want you to know that your congregation and uh, your pastor, Tim Swanson, his wife, their family, have also very much been in the prayers of the extended church here in Sonoma County. You are loved, and we're so grateful for how God's just moved in the Swanson's life and uh, in their health, and we're continuing to, to just pray for um, just 100% strengthening and recovering and refreshing. And for all of us, I think that we will um, be able to stay in step in the midst of the crazy times that we're in, stay in step with the Spirit of God, and that we will um, walk the course that God has charted for us, both in our lives, and our families, and also as his people here in Sonoma County. And so that's a a big part of the passion that I am bringing to this morning, because how many of you guys know we—we're in some challenging times. I was talking uh, this morning as I arrived, and we're just interacting, and the word unprecedented—it's unprecedented how often unprecedented has been used uh, over the last couple of years. And uh, I don't believe that that means that somehow uh, we're in a time that's surprising God. In fact. If anything, I think we're in a time where the body of Christ has been made to shine, has been made to be salt, has been made to be light more than ever before. I believe that this is a time that's rich with kingdom opportunity. It's a time that's rich with understanding what it is to walk by faith, as we're encouraged to in the scripture. And so I hope this morning, by God's grace, that his word is just going to come alive to us and that we're going to be encouraged to continue in that walk. So um, before I—well, actually, let me read a couple of passages of Scripture first, and then we'll pray and, and dive into the message. Um, if you're taking notes, you can write down uh, 2 Corinthians 5.7. Very simple verse, uh, talking about kind of the, the, uh, the first portion of it. For we walk by faith and not by sight. And then I want to dive in more specifically to Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33, because um, I think that this passage gives a lot of insight into what Paul was writing about when he says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so I'd like to read um, this passage out of Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22. Uh, This takes place right after the feeding of the 5,000 which is um, a miracle of Jesus that is um, recorded in all four of the gospels. And surprisingly, not all of Jesus's miracles are recorded in the Bible. Uh, John makes it very clear there were miracles of Jesus that weren't recorded in the Bible. He did more, he taught more, uh, he was revealed as a son of God in more ways than are even captured in our four gospel accounts. And then within those gospel accounts, um, not all of them require uh, or record all of the miracles of Jesus, but the feeding of the 5,000 is one of those anchor stories um, that all of the gospel writers record. And so this passage um, that we're going to look at happens right after that, and it says this, immediately he, and the he here is Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat, and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. The wind was against them. How's that sound? Beaten by the waves. How does that sound? <laughs> And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is God's word. Would you join with me in prayer? Jesus, we thank you uh, for this beautiful day. We thank you for the, t- the opportunity, the time to be together as your church. Lord, we celebrate the reality that we are the body of Christ. And we remember again that as we're here this morning, fixing our eyes on you, opening the word of truth, the testimony about who you are and what you've accomplished in your life, your death, your burial, your resurrection, remembering that the gospel is good news for us and for this world. We pray that uh, our hearts would be open, that we would hear your word planted in faith, that your body would be built up, that your purposes would be furthered, and Lord, that your life would take root in us that we truly would be salt and light here in Sonoma County. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, um, as we're getting started this morning, uh, I do wanna just honor uh, Pastor Tim and I think it's um, just really meaningful in light of this passage. Uh, You know, sometimes we can get a little dramatic with our lives and, And yet I think it's okay. I think often uh, Jesus has given us his word. He's given us his scripture as an opportunity to engage with, not just rationally, but sometimes emotionally. And there are times in our life where a step of faith needs to be taken in the midst of um, uncertain circumstances, in the midst of troubling times. And even though we're not literally like on a boat on Lake Sonoma and stepping out of the water— it feels that way. It feels like we're stepping into a circumstance where, if God's not there to meet us, we're gonna we're gonna sink. We are gonna drown. Can you relate to? That? Has anyone ever spoken of a season or a time in their life where they said, "Hey, I'm stepping out on the water here. I'm stepping out in faith," and I think that's okay. And I, I I'm approaching the Word this morning, understanding that this passage here is meant to instruct us when there when we're in those times, and. I'm rapidly approaching um, five years from a really significant time in my life, five years from a time that felt like stepping out of the boat onto the water. I've been really uh, blessed. I was raised in a, in a Christian home. I've been part of a church community since before I knew what a church community was. And God's been so faithful to, um, to just— uh, make a, a clear and straight path for me in terms of vocation. And I knew from a pretty young age that uh, I was going to be engaged in, in ministry connected to kind of the, the work of being a pastor. And I pastored City Life Fellowship for 15 years from 2002 through 2016. At the end of 2016, I'm approaching five years since then, it was a, a November morning. I heard the word of God come out to me. I wasn't saying, hey, God, if you want me to come out of the boat, just speak. But I I heard him call just the same and say, Adam, I've got a change for you. And uh, the the life that I was in, the ministry that I was in, the context that I was in that was like a sort of a boat, God was saying, I want you to step out from that. And um, it was absolutely a step out on the water in faith and it was absolutely kind of a step into the unknown and into chaos. And there was a sense of being crazy. You would only ever do what I did and have grace in it, as if God had spoken it, if it was his word. But at the same time, have any of you ever doubted, God, did I hear you? Was it really you? That sense of challenge, I'm talking to the right people, right? You understand. And so it was this sense, Lord, I believe I heard you and I'm going to step out on your word. And um, the, you know, the circumstances were kind of bumpy for a while. And, and uh, in that process, having relationship with a lot of pastors in the community, I was interacting with them and, and God began to, to put a vision on my heart, right? And part of that vision is connected now to the work that I do with this ministry called Feathervine, which is supported here by Redemption Hill. And um, it's a work that speaks to God's desire to give His church roots and wings here in Sonoma County, to be salt and light, to be His people, to express both the reality of the character of Christ and express the life that comes through the walk of faith, that God wants to do things that can only be explained by His grace. And so um, I was beginning to form and talk to pastors about that. But honestly, in hindsight, pastors come back to me and said, Adam, we loved you. We hoped that, that you had heard from God, but we thought you were a little bit crazy. And then the, the fires hit. It was a historic moment for, for Sonoma County, and it was a moment that I'll never forget. And while the fires were still burning in this community, uh, about 80 pastors got together in a, a building Uh, that's now the the home of the third church (laughs) since that time uh, over on the west side of Santa Rosa. And I don't know how clearly Tim remembers it. I'll never forget it. We were just coming together. There was no, uh, you know, big strategy or plan. It was just like, we need to gather together. We need to hear God together. And as pastors, we know that God's called us to respond and help the body of Christ respond to this time. And it was at that time, where I felt like I had stepped out on the water, where Tim was the very first person to stand up, and to encourage people to say, "Hey guys, um, I think that God heard, that God spoke to Adam, and I think that Adam heard God's voice, and I think that God has positioned Adam to help, to help give His energy. We're all leading congregations to give His energy, to help build bridges and." Facilitate our united response um, in this time and to these fires. And, um, and I would liken, if you would like, if you would liken uh, that step to walking on the, the water, even though it's not here in the text in this way, I would liken what Tim did as, uh, as saying, Adam, keep your eyes on Jesus. Adam, God called you out, so keep taking the next step in faith. Adam, God's doing something here in this place. And it was that type of encouragement. It was being a brother in Christ and a leader in the body of Christ in that way that um, encouraged me that, that it's not just a step of faith that God wants us to take, but it's a walk of faith that he wants us to live. Does that make sense? And I'm grateful that he was there. I'm grateful that he spoke out. And I know, you know, it's not that other pastors might not have done that, But how it played out, it was Tim who did that. It was Tim who came alongside me and encouraged me in that way. And I believe that you know that that's the type of pastor that you have because he's done that with you. He's done that for you. And um, it's not that he's the only one in this congregation that does that. But what I say is that my understanding of Redemption Hills, it's a place where you encourage one another to walk the walk of faith in Jesus Christ. And, and we need that. We need that in this time. This is the heart of the message. Whatever I say from this, this point, it's to bring us back to this to this place that Jesus is Lord, that his word can be trusted, that he's present with us in our lives, that he's calling us to glorify him through taking a walk of faith and part of being the people of God is not just hearing his word and taking a step of faith, but it's learning how to be a community together so we can walk the walk of faith. Because as amazing as a step of faith is, it's the walk of faith that we're called to. That's a great chance to say amen. So let's dive into this. The the title of what I want to say that I've already said is Where Faith Walks. And I'm not going to give a comprehensive breakdown of this passage um, and, and really, I mean, just in, in the few minutes that I have left, uh, you know, I just want to highlight again some of the things that I've, I've really just shared already out of my heart. So, I want to look at uh, the fa- three things about where faith walks first is that faith walks on the word of God, and we're going to talk a little bit about that dynamic and what we mean here in regards to hearing God's voice, secondly that faith sees God and Jesus as present. And it is the presence of God that changes how we relate to the circumstances of life around us. And then thirdly, that faith, where faith walks, is in God's kingdom. Where faith walks is in God's world, in his purposes, not our own. Okay, so let's talk about this first thing of where faith walks. I want to challenge us that faith walks on the word of God. And um, one of the key elements that, that I'm hoping we'll understand here is that I am not wanting to pit faith against the reality of God's created order. I think what we need to understand in the interplay of faith and Something like sowing and reaping, right? The, the reality in this story that Peter both walked on water when he was walking in faith, and he sank in the water when he wasn't, and the sinking, the, his sinking in the water was according to the order that God's established, just as much as his walking on the, wa- in the water was according to the word of God and the order that God established. What we need to see in this element is we'll often pit some of the realities of life against one another in ways that actually works for us walking in faith and understanding what this is about, rather than understanding the, the layering of how God works in the world around us. And for me, one of the best examples of this, right, is the fact that, yeah, it's impossible, right, without God speaking, it's impossible for us to walk on water. And frankly, this whole deal about getting distracted by the winds and the waves really is just a distraction because if you fill your bathtub with water and there's no wind and waves, you're, you're probably not gonna just be able to walk on the water because the water's calm, right? We know that's not the dynamic that's present here. What's interesting, right, that I love about this is the, the fact that the law of gravity was not suspended. We see that because of and, and buoyancy because of Peter's sinking. But there was a higher law, which was the law that was stab- was established in faith. And we see that in, a, in our own way in the natural world, right? We recognize that, that for most of human history, we couldn't find ways to fly. But then we discovered that there was a higher law to the law of gravity, which was the, the laws of aerodynamics. And now we've been able to Um, to create mechanisms that weigh thousands of pounds that are super heavy, that can operate by a higher law, that even though they're way heavier than we are, they can actually elevate us thousands and thousands of feet into the air and sustain flight over long periods of time. And the issue is not that somehow that, that, that aerodynamics and gravity are at war against one another. They're just there's a transcendent law to the law of gravity. Do you understand what I'm saying here? And so when we talk about walking by faith and not by sight, okay, this isn't just meant to be a sense of war. It's meant to be a sense of understanding the order of what God's done, which I think can help us here because sometimes we can we can create uh, divisions, right, in the way that we think and look at things that—, that um, cause us not to be able to honor the body and what's going on in the way that we should. So here's the thing about the law of faith. There's something powerful in regards to faith that relates to our hearing. In fact, in Romans 10, 17, it says this. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Before that, it talks about how are they going to believe if they don't, sorry, if they don't hear the preacher, there's something about the proclaiming of God's word, okay? Uh, it's interesting in Hebrews chapters three and four that the author is he's, is he's challenging people not to forsake the gospel and to recognize that they can't turn back from Jesus to some of the, the cultural comfort that they had in regards to religion, that, that he challenged them that they wouldn't be like the nation of Israel that wandered in the desert. And he's specifically... Uh, uses the scripture, references back to the scripture that says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. We recognize here, there's something in this relationship and, and others can go deeper into this, but between our eyes and our thinking and our perspective, but there's something in relationship to our ears and our heart. And there's something about God's word that that is designed to trigger faith in our heart because we hear God's voice. It's incredibly powerful in our life. And I wanna challenge us to understand that we live in a culture right now And part of it's the way even we're physically designed as people. We live in a culture that is glorified seeing above hearing. And that can even get in relation to how we read the word of God. Because for a big portion of human history, we were an oral culture. Very few people got to read the scripture. Your engagement with the word of God was through your ear gate, not your eye gate. And when it's talking about hearing, it's speaking directly into some of that framework. Now, of course, more often than not, especially just in the way that we're going after things, we tend to always look at the Scripture rather than hear the Scripture. And I want to encourage you today to fight for the opportunity to hear God's voice Every time you engage the scripture, to recognize that it's not just taking in the words, not just taking in the stories, not just taking in the principles, but actually hearing the voice of God through the word of God. This is why things like memorizing scripture are so important because there's something in the memorization process that helps add the hearing of God's word. It allows us, and again, it's not just, it's not just breaking the sound barrier, though that's helpful. It's opening your heart to hear what you're reading. But, but I, I want to tell you, in the way that we're designed, in the way that we're made, the Bible says, and there's so many stories over and over again, that there's this link between our heart and what we hear, that it shapes our faith. I tell you that my life turned on hearing God say, Adam, I have a change for you. And one of my most embarrassing moments turned on hearing something that actually was not full of faith for me. Because here's the thing, we have to guard our ear gates so much. You know, this whole thing about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I wanna tell you that sometimes there's things that are spoken of our life that we believe That becomes an absolute barrier to where God wants to take us. That absolutely cripples our understanding to see who we are in Christ. And it sends us on wild goose chases because we are not paying attention to what God has said. Right? This goes back to the very beginning. Where the snake comes in the garden. Right? And the accuser comes to Eve. And what is his question? Hath God said, there was an absolute war in your life over what you hear. And we got to understand that the faith we need to walk the walk of faith, it is, it is so supported by what happens with how we take what we hear and our ability to hear God's voice, to be sensitive to the voice of God, the spirit of God in and with the word of God. So I want to encourage you, I, I'm, I'm not going to take the time to tell my embarrassing story, but if you want to ask me afterwards, it's a bonus for people who came in person, right, that you get to hear that story. It's, it's, it's definitely embarrassing. So jump in the scripture, but I, I want to encourage you as you're reading the Bible, do you take time before you read to pray and ask God to speak to your heart? Do you ask that he will open up the ears of your heart? Jesus said, he who has ears to hear let him hear one of the things that happens. We can often get in uh, broken routines, uh, and it's not like every time you read the Bible has to be you know, fireworks, but it's fighting and contending for the fact of not in a routine that has us looking at words rather than hearing God's voice. Say amen if you're if you're tracking with me, all right? It's so practical and so real, but you recognize in the story that. Peter said, he didn't just jump out on the water. What did he say? If you'll command me, if you will speak to me, I can get out of the boat and walk with you. And Jesus said, come. He heard Jesus say, come. And it was on the call of Jesus. It was on hearing his voice and on the word that he walked step by step. See, there were the, the pathway of faith, right, is this pathway that walks on the word of God into these circumstances. That is the higher law. Somehow we can't see it. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't know how all the circumstances are going to work, but we just know there is a pathway there if we will stay step by step on what God has said. And that's why it's so important Right? As a community of people that we're talking to one another about what we're hearing God say, that we're open about what's going on in our life, that we can be a community that helps discern. There's times where where we think we've heard something and maybe it wasn't God's word, and we need to be a community that can keep one another from sinking. But there's also that element where fear can be there, right? Apprehension can be there. And we're there to encourage one another and say, no, I think that's a word of God. You need to step out on that. And that's the journey. That's the joy of being a community of people of God together. Secondly, second point, um, faith walks where God, where Jesus is present. I, I love this, this uh, interaction where when they first uh, saw Jesus coming, that they thought it was a ghost. And, you know, one of the, the elements of this, this ghostness, right, is not incarnated, not present, not tangible in the way that we think. And this is one of the huge battles we face today, is this, um, this challenge about, God, are you here? We are just preconditioned for so many reasons of, of just uh, our culture, the nature of religion— the nature of how we interact in the world, we are so preconditioned to fall into this sense of deism. God, I know you exist, but you feel far away. This picture that somehow many of us got of God sitting far away, you know, on a throne with a a white beard, um, just kind of observing from a distance. That's not biblical. In fact, I actually think that that picture of God is from the pit of hell at least limited that way. It's incomplete that uh, Jesus came and they said his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. His promise was that he'd be with us even to the end of the age. The gift of the Holy Spirit is to help manifest to us the presence of God. And when the people of God are filled with the spirit of God, interacting in the truth of God, we are the body of Christ. But he's present with us in so many ways. And here's the the incredibly wonderful thing that this story highlights is the fact that when they saw and knew, Jesus says, when he says, it is I in the passage, it's actually this, if you look in the Greek, it's this interesting twist where it's, it's him making that I am statement again. It's identifying uh, with, with uh, Exodus 3, who shall I say sent me? And he said, I am. And it's this element of God's presence, the eternal God. Uh, Jesus, God made flesh, incarnated, present with them, and it sa- And then his thing is, "I am here. Be not afraid." We know as this story plays out that that Jesus challenges Peter and says, "Why did you doubt?" And we know that part of that doubt was that Peter, it says started paying attention to the waves and the wind and took his eyes off Jesus. Thank you for our, to our worship team for just leading us this morning in, in that introduction. And that's exactly right from that song, this idea that we are turning our eyes to Jesus. And it's not just remembering, not just remembering um, principles, as important as those are about who God is, it's actually remembering that God is present. Even when he feels far away, that God is present, and that where God is present, peace takes root in our hearts. We can, we can walk that walk of faith. When we turn our eyes to the wind and the waves and lose sight of who Jesus is and lose sight of his presence in our life and our world, Even when we've taken steps of faith, we stop the walk of faith. Does it make sense? Peter took the step out of the boat. It was a great step, but he didn't keep on with that step. He got distracted, and in getting distracted, he got pulled down into the circumstances. Fortunately, Jesus was there. Jesus was there, whether Peter's eyes were on him or not. Jesus was there, whether Peter was focused on him being there or not. He was there and he rescued him and he saved him. But the walk that we're called to walk, the walk with Jesus, the walk where Jesus said, follow me and we follow him as a walk that's done with a recognition and a confidence of his presence. Finally, last point, where faith walks, faith walks in God's kingdom. Faith walks in God's life. There's a lot that could be said about this and others can say it better. But I, I do take note of the fact that in this story, ultimately Jesus gets in the boat with them, but that this walk of faith was not a walk of Jesus coming and getting in the boat with the disciples, with Peter. It was a walk, the walk of faith was Peter getting out of the boat and walking with Jesus. I'm so concerned right now that especially with the influence of our culture on the church, you know, I, I heard it said recently, and of our information age, that we that we're in a information culture that, is, that gives us way too much information, way too fast, and it's way too catered to us and our lives and our preferences and our desires. And there can be a challenge for us in the way that the gospel is presented, that it's presented as. God's the Savior of the world, and if you bring him into your life, into your reality, into your purposes, into your comfort zone, that he's going to make everything awesome for you and bring about your desire for the world. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is not that Jesus has been given to us to make and give us the life we want, but rather that Jesus has come to redeem and reconcile the world and bring it back to his purposes for it and you've been invited to participate in his story in his life in his purposes in his plan that you by the grace of God has actually been have been called out of the boat that your world is fashioned for you that you have fashioned for you that sin has fashioned for you and onto the water of the life of faith into the bigness of his kingdom into the nature of the reality that's here, but that we can't always see. To show the higher ways of God that he talks about in Isaiah 55. And here's the doorway. The doorway into the kingdom of God is the doorway of submission. It's the doorway of surrender. It's the doorway of humility. I love uh, how Tim Keller describes humility. He says, you know, the the world often presents humility as thinking... um, thinking less of ourselves, right? Humility is, is about this element of being really conscious of all of our failures and our limitations and all the bad stuff about us. And there's an element that may be truth there. We need to be honest about our need for one another and the fact that we're not self-sufficient. That's an important thing. But he highlights maybe the better way to look at humility is simply thinking of yourself less, of being less self-oriented, less self-focused. And there's something about having that humility coming in our lives where we genuinely turn our eyes upon Jesus, where we genuinely begin to do what he said in Matthew six thirty-three, where we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and are less self-focused on what we get, what we need, how we compare to those around us and begin to look and focus on him where we can begin to step out of the boat and walk this walk of faith And here's the thing that's so great about the walk of faith. We see the end of the story. That those who witnessed what took place said, surely he is the son of God. The point of the story is not Peter and what Peter did. The point of the story is Jesus and what Jesus has done. The point of the story is Jesus and who Jesus is but there's something about it when we engage with Jesus by faith, when we hear his voice, when we obey what we've heard, when we keep our eyes on him and we live in a world that can't see him in such a way that we display with confidence that he is present, that he is here, that he's active in our lives in a near and now and noticeable way, that life with Jesus makes a difference, that there is a higher transcendent law, that is higher than the gravity of sin, the gravity of brokenness, the gravity of the type of, conf- of confrontation and combativeness, the spirit of lying, the spirit of death, the spirit of stealing, that there's a higher law to those laws in the world. It's the, the law of love established in Jesus Christ, that when we walk that walk when we step into that reality, that people recognize that this is a walk that a man cannot do, that a woman cannot do, that a people cannot do, and they glorify Jesus Christ. They say, truly, Jesus is the Son of God. I want to encourage us this morning as I close that um, this story is not just in the Bible to highlight that Jesus was really cool and could walk on water, the stories in the Bible to testify to who Jesus is, to what he's done, and to what that means to our lives. And I want to encourage us that every one of us has been designed to step out of the boat and to walk on water. And taking those steps of faith, some of you right now, God's been speaking to you. You've actually heard his voice and you're contemplating something that feels crazy to you. And I I know that because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. The Spirit of God is, is regularly in our lives calling us to steps of faith because the Christian walk is not just a step of faith, it is a walk of faith. And so I wanna encourage you, Redemption Hill, one, that... This is a place where uh, so much of the work, so much of the teaching, so much of the testimony already, the, the, the elements are in place for you to be salt and light. And you're doing it. You're taking the steps. But I also want to encourage you to lean in afresh in your personal lives to hearing the voice of God, to, to really hearing God's voice begin to direct your steps, to being confident in the presence of God, so that when the When the enemy comes and says, hath God said, is this really the better way than what the culture is saying? It feels like we're outnumbered. It feels like no one wants to hear what God's saying, that we can remember God has spoken and he is present and his word is true. But that we're willing to step out and walk where others aren't walking so they can see the testimony that Jesus really is the son of God that we would be a community that not only encourages one another to take steps of faith, but, but encourages and sustains and is with one another as we look to walk out the walk of faith. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, I, I pray for, for all of us. There's just no substitute to the dynamic of hearing your voice. And I pray in the midst of all of the noise, all of the information that's assaulting us, all of the division and hostility that's in our culture, everything that's trying to drown out your voice and get us to pay attention to other voices, that your voice would ring clear in our hearts and that we would hear it and believe, Lord, that faith would rise up in us. That we would follow you. Lord Jesus, I pray that uh, all of us, Lord, would, would connect afresh with the, mer- the miracle and the joy of Emmanuel, that this walk that we've been called to of Christianity is a walk with you, that we're not walking for you, but we're walking with you. We thank you for your grace, and I pray even this week, Lord God, that you would remind each of us in very personal ways, very real ways, maybe small or great ways that you are present, that you are here. And finally, Lord, I pray that, that we would not shrink back to, to only crying out that you would come into our lives, Lord, but we would take those courageous steps to recognize that we have been called for such a time as this, that you have a purpose for us and that your kingdom needs to be pre- proclaimed to Sonoma County by those who have stepped out of a self-oriented, self-referencing life into a kingdom-oriented, Jesus-referencing life. Let the gospel take root, Lord, in us, that we would be compelled to not live for ourselves, but to truly live for you, Jesus. May this be a community, a fellowship, a congregation where all of this is taking place and being encouraged because of um, the fact, Lord God, that we were designed to live life out as a community of faith. And I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.